You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Anchor. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us, including YouTube. Join the conversation by leaving your comments on our Minds, Substack, BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble pages. You can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram and at New Prisoner and the Number 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. Now let's get on with the show. I remember a world in Technicolor before March 13th, 2020. I remember being a different person. I trusted in so much more. The darkness that has overtaken my world going on 600 days since then has driven the life and the brilliance out of the society around me. All the nuance and discovery in each day is now filled with an imposed binary of safe and unsafe, right or wrong, vaxxed and unvaxxed. The wizard that commands this black magic, that cursed us into an unending plague, is Lord Fauci. Lord Fauci is a man that possesses so much power that he can turn people from the celebration of Christ into the celebration of him. He who gives us our daily rules reminds us to be selfless, to not question his word, for he is the science. He can bless one group of protesters and damn a group of bikers for similar behavior because he knows that the disease will not spare those who sin against him. For 37 years, he has held his throne, and those who challenge the Lord pay with their careers and their lives. Those who seek his approval are granted privileges. Anyone who accepts the essence of Lord Fauci into their mortal vessel gets the key to the city. That key unlocks everything you could ever want to enjoy. Music, travel, exotic foods, and maybe even fornication. It would be hard for any peasant like myself to resist those urges, to want to take the essence of Fauci into my arm and let it return me to my old home, home where I can breathe without cloth on my face, where I can visit the riverside without the winged Biden snatching me up and placing me back in isolation, those winged half-men vermin that take their name from their sadistic commander who orders his brainwashed drones to find the fire of liberty anywhere it may burn and stamp it out. The legends of his mistreatment of the young are enough to give anyone a sense that he deserves no position of authority. But the ultimate authority is the nod of approval from Lord Fauci. Without that, I will struggle to survive. Lord Fauci figured out many kings ago that he who holds the ability to feed a hungry man is a powerful man. 
but he who can starve a man to gain his obedience is more powerful. If Fauci orders the gates closed on your town because someone spoke ill of him, the suffering that happens there is a tale much too grim for words. I have only heard a few stories from those villages, close to what was once a penal colony, and another, a desert oasis, now in ruin. The former was disarmed and beaten into total submission, and the other had their spirits so broken that they sold their bodies so that Lord Fauci could try his failed potions on them. Those potions, his essence, were birthed from the underworld. He fed them to mice, bats, and eventually men. The results have always been terrible. The tales of sickness, disfigurement, and death are to never leave his gates, but people still have eyes, even if they don't have the hearts to speak. They were supposed to cure us, to save us. They enslaved us. Those that consume these concoctions are given a special mark. Without a PFE, mRNA, or a J&J, one can't work. One can't eat, and one can't leave his home. In a sick way, those that perish from their consumption are blessed to not have to die such a slow death. One in captivity and shame. Shame from all around you from the Lord's disciples who will take a moldy crust of bread from a starving boy's mouth if they find out that he is one of the unvaxxed. This is why no one can ever speak of the essence of Fauci unless it is in a pleasant way. But even what was deemed as pleasant yesterday may be insulting today. The only way to know is to just listen and obey. Repeat the mantra of the Lord, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Even so, there still exist a few challengers, one of which is the son of a great general for liberty. He blasphemed Lord Fauci in front of the whole nation, but Fauci just became more powerful, for it was the Lord's darkest secret that gave him his mythical immunity. It was he who started the plague. That's right. It was the madman genius himself that directed the wealth of our nation to a place where men are cut up and sold to the highest bidder. It was in that forsaken land where this creeping death emerged from an unwatched cauldron and spilled into the eyes and mouth and nose of an unsuspecting host. Some say it seeped right into their skin. However it occurred, the Lord's minions keep all of those scrolls behind the locked gates of our once populated capital. Now just a hollow carcass sometimes brought to life in ceremony. No man could ever retrieve them and live. The truth is forever lost. Encased in a cage of iron and protected by the Lord's private army. One can only dream of escape from such a foul existence. To find a place where the killers 
and complexity of nature are alive and vibrant, where men are allowed to be strong and healthy, where you can hear a song from a traveling band about something other than praise for Lord Fauci and the goodness he has brought us, where you can decide your own fate, have a surplus of food, and make as many children a wife could bear. I set sail for such a place tomorrow, for I would rather die than be a prostitute for existence. I would rather starve on my journey than under the boot of a tyrant. I would rather die a more natural death in the sea than to have his essence melt my heart in front of my crying wife, or to ever let that happen to her or my child. The time to depart is nigh. I've been told the winged Bidens can smell deceit because they were birthed from those dark emotions. I can hear them whispering in the distance, stammering and slurring, their wings pumped full of what are called boosters, Lord Fauci's final solution for all of us. I have a crude map, enough rations to get to the nearest landmass, and a plan to build another world outside of the gates, away from the man-made pestilence of Lord Fauci. I know enough to accept the risks I choose to take. The only thing I need to know is, will you join me? Okay. This is number six. This is The New Prisoners. I'm here with John Henry, and we're here for a special edition of our podcast for you all. Uh, this one is going to be uh, mainly on Odyssey and Rumble, and maybe if we can find some other free speech platforms out there to do shows like this one, uh, we'll be on those soon too. But uh, we wanted to do this because understanding the situation with uh, the recent YouTube crackdown um, the types of censorship that you'll find on places, even like Spotify. Um, we wanted to do something where not only can we speak our minds a little bit more freely, which is the, the object of this, this program, but then also to support those places that support that sort of thing. There's a, there's a big problem that we're having in our culture right now, I think. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's, there are gatekeepers that are blocking people from getting information. And it's the type of information that can make um, a conversation a good and fruitful conversation whenever it comes to understanding what's going on. And if people aren't allowed to have certain information um, that you don't, you, you can lose common ground with them. Like you, you can't even establish like a basis of understanding of what each other kind of works with when it comes to their decision-making um, if you don't have the right type of information. So having a free speech platform like Odyssey or Rumble is so important these days because as the, um, these, big tech comp these big tech companies um, sort of take over our, our spaces that we go on to, the time that you take out of your day every day uh, to go on a YouTube or to go on to a Spotify or to go on to a Twitter 
or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, the time that you take to do that and the information that's fed to you through that mechanism, if you only go by that information now as they start taking things away slowly, it's going to be almost impossible to know what's real in the future if you don't have anything to counterbalance that, if you don't have anything to contradict your own thoughts and thinking, um, it will lock you in an echo chamber. And I know that's been said about a lot of uh, alternative platforms too, that it's, you know, it's like uh, we're on mines. And I, I read an article the other day uh, for some guy talking about how he tried it out. And yeah, it is, it is sort of an echo chamber because it's all the people that got kicked off the other places or they're all the people that think that there needs to be something new to try out there. But, you know, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a smaller tribe than a tribe that just doesn't know what the hell it's talking about anymore. And I figure that, you know, nowadays that the, the type of censorship is so blatant and out in the open and so many people are being attacked from Joe Rogan to Nicki Minaj to, you know, even even people like uh, Jim Brewer and others, you know, just for for taking a stand of of hey, I I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of the the segregation aspect of this. Um, you even see Black Lives Matter now uh, stepping up to the plate and protesting in New York, and good for them. Uh, as long as they do it peacefully, of course. That that's that's my only thing that I would ask of them. But. Um, when, when we look into uh, this situation years from now, are we going to be able to know what happened? Are we going to be able to know who was responsible for the things that occurred? Why, it, why those things happened? Uh, why we are in the position that we will be in in the future? Um, if we don't have a way to even record that sort of history like if there's no record if there's no people like us speaking to you right now telling you our stories and telling you what what's happening in the world and documenting this if this is all erased or if it's all owned by somebody some nameless faceless corporation that you interact with every day and give them your money and your information all about you in every single way um that could lead to who wins elections that could lead to uh, what's on your television. It could lead to the phone that's, that's in your pocket and what's on that phone. Um, and whether or not, if your code allows you to go into a store today, um, all of that information, all of that information that we're making record of right now, if that falls into the wrong hands and disappears, I don't know if you've ever seen the time machine but it's not cool when that information just crumbles into dust. So I'm going to turn it over to John Henry for a second to uh, help introduce what we're going to be talking to you all about on this special episode. So John Henry, take it away. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, sir. Um, we're going to take a little trip back. Uh, let's hop into the time machine and head on back to 1984. At this point, the, the Reagan administration is in power. And we are in the middle of an AIDS epidemic. So in an effort to, uh, to fight that epidemic, we hire a lovely young gentleman named Dr. Fauci. And this, folks, is where the story begins. 
Now, back in 1984, in the middle of that epidemic, one of the reasons Mr. Fauci was hired by the Reagan administration is because he made a promise to them. And that promise was, I will create an AIDS vaccine. At this point, we're now just at 37 years later, and that doesn't exist. There still was no AIDS vaccine. But in the interim, let's take a look at what happened. Young Dr. Fauci takes a look at a, a chemical compound, a medication called AZT. AZT was previously a chemotherapy treatment for certain types of cancer. But the problem was it was determined that it was entirely too dangerous for human consumption and, and human utilization because it was found that it was a carcinogenic mutagen. Uh, well, how do we know that? It was on the label of AZT. But that being said, even understanding the risks, the concerns, the liability with that, we move forward because there was so much hysteria with that. Um, so what he did was he had that drug reclassified and then had the ability to administer it to millions of people. Um, there's a lot of research out there that shows that the belief is that AZT actually killed anywhere between 200 and 500,000 people. Because what they found about AZT is it actually destroys your immune system. Now, mind you, what is AIDS? Well, it, it is an immune disorder. So when you take people that are already immunocompromised, and now you give them a, a chemical, a drug, uh, a poison, candidly, uh, that does one thing, which is expedites the process of death. And, you know, as we go back and, and we, you know, our last conversation um, that we, we'd had in, in a previous podcast um, about what happened in Tuskegee, right, where there they just let these people die. Uh, in this situation, we've motivated and, and progressed in a much faster pace for these people to be killed. Um, now, what's just absolutely mind blowing to me is his chronic level of failure um, with things like the swine flu, uh, the bird flu, one thing after another. And fast forward to today, and, you know, everybody's been completely inundated with Dr. Fauci. And, you know, what I liken it to and, and what it, I think about as I see him speak, um, because at this point, he is just a, a an arrogant, flippant, smug jackass. And it, what I was thinking about last time I see him uh, speaking was the Wizard of Oz. Everybody's seen the Wizard of Oz. Well, at this point, to me, Dr. Fauci is, uh, <laughs> he's the lollipop guild guy. He's the, he's the little midget that pops out of the damn wall when Dorothy and the crew get to Oz. But instead of saying what they said in the film, he's saying, you can't come in without a vaccine, <laughs> right? Because that's genuinely, at this point, what he's doing to us in all of our lives is, he is that gatekeeper for restaurants and airlines and, and education systems and schools. And I mean, you name it, right? And, and the combination of him and the Biden administration is absolutely terrifying. So more so what's terrifying to me is this gentleman has been in the same role as a federal employee for 37 years. Um, that doesn't happen, right? And when you really look at it, What's amazing to me is not that this man has been helpful and accomplished extraordinary things. So, of course, every administration wanted him to be part of that. But when you look at the amount of presidencies, the amount of parties, frankly, regimes at this point 
how is this same person that has a track record of failures had the ability to not only maintain his position, um, but what's even more interesting is when you look at um, how many employees there are with the Fed at this point, it's 2 million people. Uh, Lord Fauci is everybody has come to appreciate him and know him as, especially when you look at, you know, example, the new governor of um, of New York, as she went on and did her uh, her religious sermon, right, about you are my disciples, go out and spread the word of God and God, you know, he created these scientists and doctors and it's your obligation to spread that to get vaccinated, right? So this gentleman out of 2 million people is the third highest paid employee by the Fed after 37 years of failure. So when you look at him, he's simply a puppet, right? And and what's my opinion? My opinion is not that he's been a, a puppet of the regimes or the presidencies, right? But more importantly, he's been a puppet of the deep state. And that's more clear now than ever. Uh, he's basically a shorter version of Joe Biden that's better smoking, um, spoken, rather, right? So when you look at that, he's a world-class bureaucrat. He understands how to play the game. And when you look at that and the ability for somebody like that to play that type of role that has an impact on a, on a global basis for 37 years, really, you should probably stop and take a look at the big picture, right? It's not just about the Biden administration or, or Trump or Obama or the Bush legacy or the Clintons, right? But really, how has this person had the ability to maintain, right, not only that, but grow into this this whole new level of fame that we've never seen in somebody in a, in a role of that liking. So, you know, in, in my opinion, somebody that's been in that role with a track record of failure for 37 years is nothing short of extraordinary. And, and I think that in this conversation today, um, this is where we start asking questions, right, genuinely. So uh, 37 years, my friend, what, what do you think about that? Well, well, first off, He's just getting tuned up, folks. <laughs> so we're going to have some stuff for you on Odyssey and Rumble tonight. But uh, the the idea of this employee sort of taking up space for 37 years, right? And not a major, not a major player um, in most people's lives, not a household name. And now, like, he's just everywhere he's on the covers of magazines he's on all the weekend interview shows and the answers like the things that come out of his mouth shape what people talk about every single week for almost two years now hold on stop i gotta stop you mm. the sexiest man alive are you fucking uh, kidding me he looks like a fucking I mean, keyboard hey. elf Mixed with the damn leprechaun, <laughs> right? From everybody's favorite fucking Irish horror movie series, right? Are you shitting me right oh, now? Yes. At this point, we have become so entranced by this guy that he's the sexiest man alive. You have got to be oh. kidding me. So when you look at swaying public opinion and just the, the pure insanity of how fucking stupid people are to look at that, you want to talk yeah. about that sheep mentality? Are you kidding me? Who the hell did they ask well, that question to? Genuinely? Those are the gatekeepers. What? Those what? are the people that tell us what to wear. That they they would make bell bottoms cool if they wanted to make fucking salsa dancing cool. If they wanted to make fucking uh, having having checkered pants cool. Like if they wanted to make checkered pants cool, you'd see a bunch of stupid bastards just wearing checkered pants tomorrow because they think they're going to get their dick wet by buying them because that's what the magazine told them. 
I mean, I mean just, just disgusting, but smug the thing little is, is that th- those and no disrespect to any of you that currently reside oh, yeah. in New York or, or New Jersey. But on top of that, just that accent yeah, yeah. when he says the shitty little arrogant stuff that he says, I just get fucking sideways. Oh, now, yeah. That being said, I personally am not attracted to men. But I mean, are we going like yeah. at, at this point, who made that determination? Right. I, I guess when we're in a world I, where, you know, Miss Nevada is actually a dude. Right. Which is cool, man. Right? If that's what you're into. So be it. But who the hell That's made that answer. determination? And when you talk about jamming I, the shit down everybody's yeah. throats, I mean, what better example than to talk about this hideous, grotesque little monster that's ruining people's mm. lives and designate him as the damn sexiest man alive? Uh, I'm pissed. Pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I mean, of course, it's always a subjective thing. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And, and, and uh, to me, I think it's just as silly as anything else that they make popular he's a fidget spinner like he's just something that you know they're they're little trinkets that they give us to, to focus on little baubles if you will shiny objects uh and the it, and you watch people chase those shiny objects in culture um I, to me like I, there are elements of fashion that i can appreciate but when it comes to a lot of the fads and then the, all, all the fancy stuff that you see people doing and what people will do in order to have those things, like people strive all day, work hard hours, like doing jobs that I wouldn't dare to do to pay for shit that I would never wear. Like I would punch myself in the face if I wore I it. I just want to know who they but asked like, this I get question that. to. That's people's Who thing. made that determination? Oh. Is it all these crusty asshole liberal professors, right? That, it, you know, they're wearing nine fucking masks and, and they're like, who do oh, yeah. you feel is the sexiest man alive? And they're like, well, I don't it's know. probably an AI I really at this like point. when he told Rand Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Yeah, yes, yes, he mm. does. He's a medical fucking doctor and had all the evidence to substantiate. He knew exactly what the hell he was talking about while he was lying yeah. in front of Senate, lying in front of Congress. Oh, that is incredibly attractive to me. Oh, boy. <laughs> so now that being said, well, this power, is minor in the grand scheme of things. But that part right there just pisses me off that like people are so fucking stupid to believe even that that's the case. Um just crazy. It's 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 pure insanity. And when you look at the the level of propaganda, I mean, it's the same way that in you know North Korea, they think that their supreme leader is is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? Because that's what oh, the yeah. story is told there, and you know that there's no difference here as far as what we're dealing with. And um, man, I, yeah, they straight up copy and pasted the Bible there for their story. Absolutely. They were just like, well, we need we need a backstory, so. Uh, you know, the Spider-Man one's kind of played out, so we're just going to copy and paste this one and just tell everybody and force everybody to believe it. But that's the thing, like, if if people in our culture, the, the ones that are smart enough to see that magazine cover and go, wow, that's fucking bullshit, and then, like, look around and just, like, watching other people kind of nod their heads and go along with it, like, that person that just woke up at that point and saw that magazine cover just became a part of the tribe. Like they, they just, if you're in the dentist office and you see a bunch of people just not along to the orders that they're being given that, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you're wearing this stupid fucking mask for five minutes sitting in the waiting room, but then you're going to go into the dentist office. They're going to take the mask off your face. So you can just blow aerosols up into everybody's shit all, all just as much as you fucking want to for over an hour, maybe 
you know, but then that five minutes made a difference. That's like flooding your fucking basement and then throwing a sandbag in it and being like, hey, there you go. Problem solved. You know, because sandbags do block water. Mm -hmm. They do block floods, but not fucking one of them, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So how many, how many do you need in order to make that? Like, I thought of something like, and it just... It kind of like I I couldn't possibly do this. I don't have that much ADHD medication on hand to figure this out. But how many breaths does it take to make somebody sick with COVID? Because if the masks don't block, and this goes back to the the, the Fauci thing, because he he flipped on masks and drove us all into this yeah. insanity. How many times? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two <laughs> masks. Don't wear a mask. Wear one mask. There was never any type of determination made. The reason that everybody, I got news for you. When you're wearing that stupid fucking diaper on your face, it doesn't work. How do we know it doesn't work? Well, it's very simple because you can put any fucking thing you want on your head. I've seen videos of people wearing, you know, women's fucking maxi pads on their mouth. And that's okay. Got news for you. Scientific research says that you would have to actually do a fucking scientific study on every form of fabric that you can utilize. They have never said there is a specific type. It's not N95. It's not N68. It's nothing. You can wear anything. We can fucking wrap saran wrap around your damn head and poke fucking eye holes in it and you can wear it. It's not real. It is not true. It does not work. All it is is about submission. It's about coercion. It's about taking your fucking identity away from you. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this guy's going, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Two masks, no mask. One mask, mask for everybody. Mask, vaccine. If you get a vaccination, you don't have to wear a mask. Oops, well, we kind of fucked up on that one. Actually, if you get a vaccination, you have to wear a mask. Now, let's talk about boosters. Still got to wear a mask. I mean, for fuck's sake, man, it's just bananas. So when you look at continuity and look at somebody that you want to trust, one of the most important parts of establishing trust is fucking it's them doing the same thing all the time. Right. It's consistency. Yeah, that's and that is one thing that we have seen zero percent of fucking zero inconsistency. And this is a guy with a failed career for 37 fucking years, 37 years. And all of a sudden now he is the voice of reason. Right. He's the guy that we go to for all of it. And we just can't wait on our hands and knees. Oh, please, Fauci, say something today. Make us feel better. Help us feel safe. Tell us what to do. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, on top top of that, right? So on top of him being the third highest the person science. in the fucking Fed, there's <laughs> no law against him receiving honorariums or money from any groups that are funded by him. You don't think that that's fucking hypocritical? This guy gets paid massive amounts of money from us and everywhere else. Look at the Albany Medical Center. Do your research. Albany Medical Center gave him half a million fucking dollars because he's so amazing. Anybody want to take a guess at what they're funded by at the Albany Medical Center? Those would be NIH grants. Ladies and gentlemen, yep, that's what they're funded by, right? So you don't think that he's motivated by money or fame? Do you really think he has your best interest in mind? You think he gives a shit about your health? He doesn't give a damn about you, your family, your grandma. It makes no difference whatsoever. He's part of the propaganda machine. He was best buddies with the Cuomo's father. And we're going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, that's a deep one because we're going to start connecting all the damn dots on this one, everybody. So, you know, when you look yeah. at it, what is he motivated by, right? Uh, how is his, uh, you know, professionalism or his experience, right? For him to be the guy that we go to on all these topics, what proof is is in the pudding with this asshole 
that he's the person we should listen to. But instead, everybody bows and hails all Lord Fauci. Oh, we do what he says. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be healthy. And the people that are indoctrinated on that side think the rest of us are a bunch of morons that want their grandmother to die. I mean, it is bananas at this point. It is absolute fucking bananas that everybody's bought into this. And the damn... And I'm sorry, everybody, but, you know, we weren't going to talk about him being the sexiest man alive, but it's just something that jumped into my head that, you know, the realization of that, of just how obscene and how absurd everything is, um, it, it just that to me takes the absolute cake because on top of everything else about this guy should not be the person that we're listening to. He has no consistency. Uh, damn it. We know where it came from. This was not mm-hmm. about bat soup, everybody. It takes tens of thousands of years for a virus to be able to mutate, right? And for that to progress, to be able to jump through a different species. So it wasn't the damn bat there, right? When you look at it, it was amount, the amount of time that was spent on gain-of-function research. We paid for it. The documents are there. This isn't a conspiracy theory anymore. We know where it came from. The only question at this point is, was it a bioweapon that was released on purpose or did it get out because of negligence? That is the only question. It's not where it's from. It's not how it got made. We've had the virologist come out from China and say it themselves, right? With, with you know, the, the woman that came out, the doctor, one of the lead virologists in the world, you know, they immediately imprisoned her mother, right, who was back in China because she was telling the truth. I don't see her anymore. When's the last time you saw her talking to anybody? What happened to that? Yeah, there's, uh, I'm sure there's a uh, moratorium out <laughs> in the media about talking to people about those sort of subjects anymore. Like, um, getting, getting so to, to tie it back into the, the masking issue, is that when you talked about the consistency there with with Lord Fauci, uh, he he gave information to the to the world saying, "Hey, it isn't a big deal. You don't have to wear a mask. It's not going to stop all that much." And he flips it around. What I would propose to him is is that when we start talking about mask and mask wearing and the efficacy of masks, I wanted to know how many breaths does it take to infect a human being. With, with COVID. And then out of those breaths, how much does the mask actually stop? So if it's like a 30% efficacy, that means that 70% of my breath got through. So then how many 70% breaths does it take to infect a person versus an unmasked person? And this is why I think that it always comes up statistically insignificant because in each case, even wearing an N95 rest, you know, mask, it's not going to fit. It's not custom fit to your face. And if you have a hairy face like I tend to do, um, it's never going to be fully sealed. So you're going to have these issues where you're going to have leakage out of that thing. And you just took something that might be 95% effective. If, if worn properly, used properly in a sterile environment, you didn't touch it and contaminate it yourself. You didn't hang it from your fucking uh, rear view uh, mirror for a week, you know, <laughs> you know, that we're talking about fresh out of the box here. Um, you know who I want to answer that even question? Even at that. I want Biden to answer the question yeah. like the fucking Tootsie Pop owl with an ice cream cone. Oh. I want him to lick the ice 98%. cream cone three times and go, one, a two, Did you just three. think of a percentage? <laughs> How did he even arrive at 98%? I want to know who the fuck told him 
You know who the fuck told him? General Milley, after he told him that, yeah, pulling out of Afghanistan is going to be a bad idea. By the way, um, just, you know, uh, 98%, just say that too. You know, just every single thing, like they can't hold anyone to account whatsoever. There's, there's, there's got to be multiple sides of every story, of course, but when each side is telling conflicting stories and blaming each other, it's sort of like, okay, it's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other meme. Yeah, you know, yeah. how, how the hell do you tell what the hell is going on? Well, because they're both pointing at each other now. I mean, here's and the deal. That's, when you say, that's our you know, leadership. When you say, I wonder, let me answer that for you. Mm-hmm. Pelosi slipped up this week, old drunk Nancy, right? The fucking Crip Keeper goes, and we're just really focusing on Obama's build back better. So then all of a sudden, hey, where'd Susan Rice come from? Oh, she's on yeah. the, old, the old upswing, huh? Old Susie's back. There you go. So we know who's telling this shit in his earpiece, right? I mean, and they'll defend And they were all the in death. the room whenever they, they decided people? to spy Who on Trump, they too. they told me not to answer any yeah. questions? Who's they that said, hey, they said I have to walk out and leave as this old dipshit walks into a fucking wall and goes, where's my ice cream? I mean, come on already. I, I, I mean, it's just fucking... It's it's people pay attention. I, I think man. Susan Rice is back out for a reason. She's back out to rein in some some people because they got Sussman this week, the uh, the DNC lawyer mm-hmm. who actually billed them for his appearance with the FBI to tell him that he wasn't representing them. <laughs> Fucking, and, yeah, he's a great lawyer because <laughs> he's a lawyer. He's, he's got a billion. It's just part of the deal. So well, on top even of that, though I'm breaking so the law Sussman, and I'm lying to the right? FBI, they get you know, Sussman. I'm just going to We see his connection to the law firm. And now we see oh, direct man. association with the Clintons and the Bidens. Right. And I know that this isn't today's yeah. topic, but all the no, information is there. Just listen, people. It ties into the leadership style. It ties into who you're dealing with. I mean, and why people stay in these positions. And we can't we can't deny that Lord Fauci doesn't have his connection with the Clintons, that he wasn't around during the Obama administration. Of course he was. He was part that was part of his thirty seven year tenure is the eight years that we that set up the gain of function research being outsourced to fucking China mm-hmm. that probably created this situation. And I say probably with like a, let's say they, they, they work on uh, things like telling you that the vaccine is going to work based on something called confidence intervals. So it's based on prior history. And then you overlap the, all the different prior histories, or at least as much information that you have to say whether or not something's going to happen or not. And I have a pretty fucking high confidence interval <laughs> that, you know, this this was something that if it wasn't planned, the way that it was put together was like a, a plan to do something else with it, something more, nef- more nefarious, like uh, I mean, the, the ability mind. to use this as a biological weapon. Mm-hmm. Um and and find something even deadlier possibly, but um the the work that they were doing in these things is something that DARPA fucking turned down. That if if the defense, yeah, defense advanced research project, um, agency does not want anything to do with something because it's too dirty for them then it's probably really fucking bad. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, we know Bill Gates is complicit. He's talked about depopulation. He's Mr. Vaccine, right? Uh, I mean, oh, 
When he has phone calls with Lord Fauci. Absolutely. He has personal meetings. It's just like getting a personal, like a personal meeting with the Pope, if you will. You know, the, the Pope of pimping vaccines. That's him. You know, and, and if you want to uh, make a shit ton of money, like Bill Gates always does, um, off of owning every single aspect from the start to the finish of this entire situation, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right up there. I mean, Gates, along with Google, of course, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, too, Zuckerborg on there. Uh, all, all the FOIA released emails that came out about who Fauci was in communication with. But yeah, I mean, it, it starts, it starts with the masking thing. And I think with, with me, the real turn for a lot of people was when Fauci came out and said that it was okay to go out and protest in the streets if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the death of George Floyd is something that flipped our country but it also elevated somebody like Fauci even more because th- at that moment is when he truly became a political actor. Yeah, I mean, and not somebody he, that was just like that another charge. federal you employee. Know, everybody yeah. else, stay home, right? You can't go to work. Shut down small business, and but, but everybody has the right to be out there and and to gather in a public manner with no masks and and around thousands or tens of thousands of people. You know, so he certainly became that actor. He he became the, you know, the antagonist at that point. And people, because they were, you know, at that point, everybody was ingrained in that belief of, you know, we have systematic racism because that's what Project Mockingbird told all of us a hundred times a day, um, even though we had a black president. Right. But that's OK. Right. That, that's not important. That's that's a moot point. We don't really care about that piece of it. You know, it's still they were very suppressed with systematic racism. I mean, and when you look at this guy's rise to power too, right, where he was he was so empowered, you know, him um, coming into the Reagan administration and being the gentleman that led up the the fight air quotes against AIDS, because obviously in the AZT conversation we had, we know where that went. You know, since 1981, it's over half a trillion dollars has been spent on AIDS research. Folks, that's over $500 billion. And at this point, we don't have a vaccine, right? So nothing was accomplished there. So the, the guy ends up having absolutely tremendous power. And when you look at what's happened at this point, so to give you a little background, it's not just him up there and, and he communicates with um, the current administration. And he's telling you things at this point. So Fauci runs eight separate divisions. OK, eight separate of them. By the way, one of those is the biodefense division of NIH. Folks, that's biowarfare. That's what it is. He is the gentleman that oversees the biowarfare program for our country. So when you think about it, right, he is completely complicit in that piece of it. We know now that historically China has always worked on biowarfare. You know, leaders in the Middle East have worked on biowarfare. But when you look at this, in the point of okay, so so let's let's circle back, let's bring it back. Why was he voted the sexiest man alive? Right. Well, well, here's why. So when you break it down, he has eight separate divisions. He heads up. He has his own personal communications director that's just under Fauci. So all eight divisions have their own communication directors. So when you think about it, why have we been so inundated with this information? So you take Fauci. 
his communication director, and the other eight. Now we have 10 full-time Fauci propagandists. So if they work a normal work week, that is 400 hours, right, between the 10 people of them figuring out what to tell you because Fauci said so. So because you're inundated with it and you hear this insanity, that's why. Think about that, everybody. 400 hours a week dedicated to what does Fauci want you to know and what type of propaganda does he want want you to hear. And when you look at his relationships with Big Pharma, I mean, 70% of the advertisements and commercials that you see on TV, those are going to be Big Pharma related advertisements. You don't think considering his capacity that he has a massive influence in relationships with all the Big Pharma organizations I mean, at this point, with these people, it's become a fucking monster. It is the fucking Hydra. It is the ten-headed fucking monster from the depths of hell that has come out here and is coming for you. It's coming for you, your kids, your loved ones, your friends. Right now, it's coming for your careers. It's coming for your jobs. It's coming for your financial situation. And it is coming hard, and it is coming fucking fast, right? So, I mean, when you look at it, uh, that's, that's why he is that. Because of the amount of time and effort that gets put into the the narrative and the dialogue of what we're being told is right for us at this point, even though it's all over the damn place, it's no surprise. So let's go ahead and layer the, the next indoctrination camp, which is what? Universities. It's colleges, right? So that's what they do. Um, and those of you out there, it, you may or may not know this, that when we have medical research that takes place in college campuses, how do you think that gets paid for? It gets paid for with grants. Who pays the grants out, everybody? Oh, I don't know. Um, NIH? So when you look at this man's influence, he is literally like Dr. Evil at this point with his tentacles in so many different areas of information that gets pushed out there. And, you know, and I keep saying that should terrify you guys. I'm not trying to terrify you. We're trying to educate you. That's why we have these conversations. So you understand when you hear something and you think to yourself, that's just not right. That, that just, that doesn't make sense. Right. So I have, um, I have a friend of mine. She's actually running for Senate, um, in one of the States. And, you know, and I had a conversation with her. I met her before she was doing that. She was thinking about doing it. And um, yeah, I, I didn't know her, right? I, I just met her. We were at an event and we walked back into a building and everybody shuffled to, to put their masks on. And publicly in a group of people I didn't even know, my comment was, this isn't supposed to be happening. It's not supposed to be this way. So later that night, she goes, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? And she's like, that comment you made, what did you mean? Like, this isn't how we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to live with masks on and suppressed and only so many people in one place or restrictions on where we can go or when or how we can go there. This isn't okay. So when we talk about providing education for you, you know, obviously this is a little bit more of an abrupt um, (laughs) education in class this evening. You know, that's really what we're talking about. So you understand that when you're thinking, who is this guy? And when you hear stuff that isn't right, say it. This isn't right. This isn't supposed to be this way. Um, you know, my mom, my mom got an email about her health insurance and she sends it to me and she's freaking out about it because her concern is that there now there's um, an insurance company I read about. I don't know the name. Excuse me. And I apologize about that. But if your your significant other is not vaccinated, they can't be on your insurance anymore. Right. So when we we start to go down that path of, you know, we've already talked in past podcasts about my situation and where I live. 
where if I'm not vaccinated, I can't go to the hospital and visit somebody else. They can refuse treatment to me and let me die in the driveway with no legal recourse at all. Right. So that's the road we're going down. So we're going to take your health care and your ability to be treated for anything, whether it's something that you've already had um, in the past, a chronic illness or a new issue. Right. They're going to affect your money. You can't go to work unless you have the vaccinations. Right. And when you look at, you know, as we talk about education, let's talk about Harvard. So Harvard just went back to full online classes. Okay, full online classes. Well, why did they do that? Right. And you think about the 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 impact it has on the educational system. Um, Their percentage of students and faculty that is vaccinated is 95 percent. We've already talked about paying attention to Israel, right? So look at this on a more um, immediate, small, close to home, at home scale. 95% of people there are vaccinated, but they've closed down the school and they have to do online courses now because of the outbreaks there, right? And, um, you know, so it's, 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 you know, you, you look at the wall, it's green. They tell you it's blue. Look at the wall, it's green. It's blue. Well, if everybody tells you it's blue, you start to think you're the crazy one. And you guys aren't the crazy ones, man. You're the ones that are educating yourself and you're paying attention. And when something doesn't sound right, right, it, it doesn't sound right. You know, if you're looking at a dragon and somebody next to you is going, well, if it walks like a duck and looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Well, damn it, it's, it's 40 feet high with wings and spitting fire. That ain't no duck. You're not the crazy ones, you know, and, and help the people around you see that, you know, because half the people around you are going, well, shit, that looks like a dragon to me, man. I've never seen a duck that looked like that. So be the one that says it. Say, that's that's a damn dragon. By the way, we should probably run because that fucker's about to spit fire at us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the it's the it's his face on the magazine cover that says world's sexiest man. You know, that's it. It would, it would be like seeing an alien walk down this sidewalk and wave hi to you. Um, it would be like pulling up at the. Uh, at the grocery store and getting out to grab a cart and, you know, Bigfoot standing there offering you the cart out of the cart corral. Like it would just be, you know, it's shocking for people that are more, I don't, I hate using that term awake too much because it's just, it's so overused, I think. And it's associated with so many different types of things. Um, it could be taken in so many different ways from that. But I think it's just like people that are more, they're more in tune with their inner Roddy Piper from, from they live, you know, like when you, when you know that there's a level of, you know, just subterfuge going on in society, when you have a sense for something, Let me touch that, on something that, real fast what's and being presented is what's you know, being prepared. Yeah. You all need to watch they live. Lick. The, oh, the first half yeah. an hour is kind of a tough watch. There's not a whole lot going on. It's kind of weird. <laughs> he doesn't really talk. Yeah. But, you know, that movie is so significant in the world that we live in today. So, again, I'm going to plug that one more time. Please, everyone, if there's there's two movies you should go watch, right, that they're going to open your eyes a little bit. They live in The Giver. You got to go watch these uh-huh. movies because you're going to watch those and go, holy shit. Right. This is the one is the world we live in today. And the other one is a direction that we're absolutely going. And so uh, I'll let you pick up from there. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. No, it's OK. But uh, I think that people find themselves in places of life, call it cynicism, call it doubt, skepticism. There, there's a lot of things. And this could tie into 
a lot of how we're we're socialized growing up, um, our religious experiences, you know, with or without. Um, but you know, people that have a, a sort of a doubt to things um, with the, when they they look at something and they want to know how it works, they they want to figure out whether or not something is true or not. And I also, if, if you've been wronged, if you've been burned before too, and when you talked about like Lord Fauci and his credibility, when you burn somebody so badly, uh, and then you keep asking them to come back to you for answers or for direction, like if you were the type of friend that just like told me that every time that I messed something up, that I should just go stick my hand in the toaster and turn it on. You know, that that if I took your advice and every time I did something that fucking stupid and I just took your word for it, just like, all right, well, you know, he told me to just stick my hand in the toaster. And then I did it and I burned the shit out of myself. Like, how many times should I go back to you for advice after that? It's like being in a, a toxic relationship, <laughs> right? Like everybody oh, yes. has been in a shitty relationship at some point. And... Most of us have went back once or twice or nine times. And if you think about it, we know what the outcome is. We know it's it's um, it's not an honest relationship. We know that it's uncomfortable. We know that it makes us feel shitty. We know that it's toxic at the end of the day. But the reason we do that is, you know, you drink a beer and you pick up your phone and you're like, well, shit, I can go back to that. Right. I can go back to it because it's it's comfortable. And even though it's it's the furthest thing away from comfortable because it's fucking miserable, we it's familiar. And at this point, everybody has gotten into this familiar relationship with Fauci, right? He is your shitty ex-girlfriend and your shitty ex-boyfriend that every time you went back, right, it may have been great for one day. And then you realize why it's a toxic, shitty relationship because you did something bad is going to happen. They're going to say something shitty to you. They're going to make you feel bad about yourself, inadequate, would lie to you, cheat to whatever that is, you know what the outcome is. And that's the reason that you left once and twice. And, you know, we've all been there and that's what I liken it to, because that's something that we all understand what that's like. And those of you out there that have never been in one of those, God bless you. <laughs> right. But most people have had yeah, one. You haven't experienced that joy about having that toxic, <laughs> shitty relationship is when you end up in a good one. If you didn't go through that bad experience, you wouldn't know what pieces of that to appreciate. You wouldn't know how much that means and how great it really is if you didn't go through that. And that's what we're all fighting for right now. Right now, we're all in the middle of a shitty relationship. And I'll tell you, you know, I know myself, most of the people that I talk to, you know, we'll never take freedoms for granted again. You know, the ability to just look at somebody's face or socialize or go to, you know, a concert, right? I, we were both supposed to be at a concert tonight. Neither of us were at that concert. Yeah. I was going to fly halfway around the world to be there. Um, but being that I had to have a, a COVID test or a vaccination card, I'm like, well, shit, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. So I ate the tickets, paid for it. It is what it is. Yeah. Right? So, you know, when we get on the other side of this, the the beautiful piece of it and where my optimism lies is I feel like, you know, I, every relationship that we have, our relationship, um, most specifically with our country and our patriotism is going to be a lot stronger and a lot healthier. And we're going to appreciate a lot more small intricacies of that that maybe we don't pay attention to. Right. Because we are preoccupied, preoccupied naturally as people. 
And, you know, that's that's our direction, right? That's what we need to focus on right now is look at what's going wrong and tell yourselves, I'm never doing this again. I'm never going to put myself in this situation again. And, you know, surround yourself with the right people to motivate you. Because I think about every shitty one that I've been in, you know, my mom's always been like, I don't like her. Right. Like, I'm just I'm going to be honest with you because I love you. Right. I don't I don't like that. And I don't think that's a healthy relationship for you. Right. And and I go, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But at the end of the day, when I look back, like I, I would thank her and go, hey, thanks for telling me that. Right. You know, you know, thanks for always supporting me and telling me what's right. And that's our obligation to each other is, you know, recognize that, hey, we're all in a shitty relationship right now. And because we care about each other, because we love each other, that we're not going to allow that to be something that we deal with forever. Um, because some people do choose to stay in that toxic relationship. And when you look at how many people are transitioning from, you know, voting Democrat or leaning on a more liberal side, that now they're starting to make that transition over going, why well, I don't like this, right? This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, in that, pay attention to the positive things, band together, tell the people that you care about, hey, I'm here to support you. But right now you're in a shitty relationship you know, your friends and family that are terrified and they're, well, they want to get the boosters, but they're starting to understand that there's some negative side effects and some really, really terrible negative side effects. Um, you know, because I on a personal level have, have seen now a few instances with people that I'm directly involved with on a daily basis, some really, really, really bad shit happening. And, and I don't want to get into that because there's some really personal things for some folks, um, you know, but, you know, it's amazing that one of the gentlemen I work with, um, you know, he got his first shot. Ended up in the ICU that night and um, ended up being out of work and was sick for months. And, you know, one of the comments he he had mentioned the other day, because we were talking about, um, you know, Biden's announcement uh, about, the you know, any organization over 100 people need to be vaccinated. He goes, bro, uh, I will never get another shot. And my kids and my family will never, ever, ever get that. Right. So now that's him saying I was in a shitty relationship and the people that I love, I will never if, if I can, God willing, prevent them from ever being in that situation. So, you know, unfortunately, it almost killed the damn guy. But at the end of the day, he has a lot of kids, man. So now for him to make that decision, especially one, you know, the new narrative is children need to get this. You look at California. What did Gruesome Newsome just do? You know, and, and again, those of you that, that, <laughs> that voted for that guy once, twice, uh, three times a lady, you're fucked. Right. You better own that shit because that's your life now. Right. Don't 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 bitch and moan about it at this point because you've asked for that. So now when you have the kids can't even go to school without a vaccination, you know, that's a problem. Because when you look at the entire pandemic and the shutdown, it think about kids. Right. I think about myself and my own personal frustrations, but also think about kids anywhere from, you know, small toddlers. My daughter's a toddler. She's young all the way up to anybody through high school, really. Right. So anybody from two to 18, when you look at the impact that it's going to have, this is going to be a resounding effect on their life forever. Missing a whole year of school, that ability to socialize, because it's not just as simple as going to class and learning a big piece of the ability to go to school and be educated is your other lesson above and beyond that is your your social training. Right. Your interactions with the people around you. And that has been completely stolen from them, not taken away, but stolen from these children and we don't know what type of impact oh, yeah. that's going to have, you know, moving forward. And, and that's a terrifying proposition for them. I feel for them. And, and those of you that are parents out there, 
right? The amount of parents that one of them had to quit their job because the kids couldn't go to school anymore. And then they put themselves in a tighter financial situation. It's just bad all the way around. Yeah, there's, um, so there is a chart and the gentleman that came up with the chart, it's about domestic abuse. And it was, it was brought to my attention by Ryan Christian from the last American vagabond, which is one of my favorite channels to listen to for COVID information, for uh, uh, other things like uh, global politics, the um, the war in Afghanistan, um, just foreign policy stuff. He is just so on the ball whenever it comes to those topics that he covers. And he he does long long format shows and he does clip some stuff out that, that could be easier for you to, to digest, but... Uh, he did talk about how we are exactly like you mentioned, we are in a sort of, you know, domestic abuse type of relationship right now with our government. And I think about, and you, and you brought up these points too, and what you talked about, and just to kind of summarize which, what, what I heard there and how I feel about it too, is that the people that live through those experiences are the people that are more aware and alert of them. And they can point other people out to them. The people that that were bitten by snakes in our in in the past, our ancestors, and lived, were able to tell the other people, "Hey, stay the fuck away from snakes. They suck." You know, they they're, the the people <laughs> yeah, that go through that, that stuff frog. and survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't lick that frog, or maybe lick that frog. You know, just depending on the frog. But um, sometimes they're they're really inviting. But yeah, there are there are people in the world that have live through drug abuse and now they coach other people into sobriety. Uh, there are people that grew up in abusive uh, households that now, well, let's, you know, let's go, go around and the they list, tell other right? people about domestic violence, domestic abuse. Them. Yeah. You have child molestation skyrocketed. You have yeah. alcohol abuse. You have drug abuse. You have depression and treatment for depression um, you know, the amount of people that, uh, you know, now had were prescribed antidepressant medication. I mean, when you look at the, the scale of the negative impact in the household that this shit had on oh, people, it's a bomb. I mean, it is absolutely it's an terrifying. absolute bomb. Yeah. The, the, the addiction to pharmaceuticals, um, the, the addiction to alcohol and other things that, that have sprung up from this. Um, just the unbelievable amount of catastrophic collateral damage that's been created over the past two years is staggering. Teenage staggering suicide to look at. up 29%. Oh, yeah. And, and we're not even getting started with, uh, you know, once, once they start really going after them hard with offering all these young girls Instagram, too. Like what was talked about this past week um, of just people getting into situations where they're not raising their children anymore. Like the state is raising your children. So if you're in an abusive relationship with your government, if you can't get shit done, if everybody that you vote for ends up losing and you end up forced into more, more draconian uh, COVID laws and other things like what could be happening in LA, every bit that you take away from those kids Every, every time that you strap a mask on their face and you make them shallow breathe themselves into a longer face or, you know, ear, nose and throat problems 
or just not being able to recognize emotions or identify with people or even recognize the people in their class without their masks on or just be having you know that being that kid that just might may have a stuffy nose or something like that cuz he has allergies like I did growing up and then just having that drip into a cloth mask for 8 fucking hours and then every time that you go to adjust it you have some teacher uh with you know with purple hair and a pride flag behind her yelling at him to put his little mask on over and over and over again it's just insanity you know, just watching that that viral video of that young boy trying to take the mask off his face and just mm. someone just trying to shove it back onto him well, over and, and over that again. Point, that's conditioning for authoritarian rule, right? Now I am, I say what goes, I am your educator. We are, you know, the police in Australia, yeah. you know, that's what it is, is everybody's being conditioned and, and it's, it's fear-based conditioning, right? And so to your point, well, I BF think about, Skinner type of you shit. know, when, Absolutely. when things got, it started to really spin out of control with the masks. I remember being in a supermarket and I remember sneezing, right? Snee I sneezed. I wasn't sick. I just sneezed. Three people looked at me like I had a fucking demon head. Like they spun around yeah. and basically gasp. <gasps> I'm like, oh, they stigmatized human behavior. <laughs> they they can stigmatize anything. They could stigmatize sneezing. They could stay any, any type of behavior. If you decided to go out of your house in the middle of the night and just do fucking snow angels, they have every authority now in Australia. Not that I don't think anybody's doing snow angels in Australia right now, but if you're just laying there in the grass, you know, just flapping your arms around authorities just have the right to like exit their, their police armored vehicle and run up to you and just beat the fuck out of you just for doing that. Yeah, I saw. Just because you saw decided to make the selfish act of being outside. The yeah. Like fucking pounding yeah, them. Just punching them, yeah, kicking them. Just being a human being. Yep. Simply for just having the ability to possibly carry and spread a virus, even though that there, there's no pro- other probable cause other than them being human. Mm-hmm. We, we've taken the stigma that we've placed on, and 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 this ties into a topic that we talked more about in uh, episode two. And they could even be vaccinated. Is, oh, oh, they could be vaccinated. They, they could they could have natural immunity and been vaccinated on top of it because that gives you super duper fucking immunity now, apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, and until it destroys your T cells and you and you fucking die from the cold or whatever, you know, the, not saying that that's happening, but you know. We'll, we'll find out, won't we? Because everything sort of just plays out where, you know, they, they say one thing and then all of a sudden all the stupid shit that people were saying six months ago on all the channels that are on Odyssey and Rumble now and then what whatever the fuck is left on YouTube after they did another purge this week that, oh, yeah, Dave Rubin was right. There is boosters. Oh, yeah, they are. Th- these things are waning. Oh, yeah. Le- Lena Wen, our girl. <laughs> I can't wait till the fucking Lena Wen uh, calendar comes out. I'm gonna be the first one to sign up for that. Yeah, I, I want, I want, I want the January pick of her pegging Chris Cuomo. Uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, I to would bring like to in the new the year, 2022, fucking military tribunal for crimes against humanity. That's what I want to sign up for. Oh yeah. Oh, I would take the day off. It would just be. I would have. Yeah. It, it would be you might dark not have in the to. Room. You might be unemployed. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But yeah, just. 
it, it would be almost ceremonial, like the way that you know, certain people uh, look at the Super Bowl, like when their favorite team gets there, like if she ever got to a military tribunal or something like that, like if they took her to The Hague and, and started charging her with shit. Um, yeah, that would be a special moment for me. But she even came out and said something that I thought was pretty fucking crazy to hear too on, on, on real TV, on CNN TV or something, was her saying that, yeah, when, when people get vaccinated... They carry a shit ton of this virus around, and and then they spread it to the unvaccinated people. They shed it, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" People were saying that like a year ago. People were saying that like whenever it was first being talked yeah, about, that this is a possibility. And now they come out and say, just like the Hunter Biden laptop thing, just like all these other things, just like they come out and claim, yeah, we had a successful drone strike there in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks later, oh no, not so successful. Yeah, no, it was but a like family going that, on a though, picnic. Like, you know, I remember reading an article oh, yeah. when the shedding conversation started about estheticians, and they were refusing to wax women that had got the vaccination because they were literally ripping multiple layers of their skin off and like bleeding profusely. Oh, so they wouldn't do that. And on top of that, you look at the effect of women's ovulation, right? So, um, but you know, it's guys were wow. running out of conspiracy theories at this point because all this shit's becoming real. I know. How often does it have to happen where something is talked about like that and then they have to acknowledge it? Like it was the same with passports. Like we were all saying like, no, this is going to be like some sort of Chinese social credit system where you have a QR code on your phone that you have to boop in order to get into your ride share in order to get into uh, your job. Well, how fucking, how far are we from that right now? Like, are we there? We're already there in New York City where like you have something on your phone that you have the Excelsior pass, right? You already have something that's going to be adopted on Apple phones now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure Google is going to have its own version too, because why not? They helped fund the fucking Wuhan lab. Why wouldn't they be behind the social credit part of this too? You know, and it, and it just so happens that all these people are really cozy and partnered up with the, the CCP the Chinese communist party. And they're allowed to just get away with crazy shit over there. It's allowed to be Wild West time, and there's no accountability. As long as you're in with the government, as long as you're paying the right people, it's payola, just like an old, old mm-hmm. style radio. You know, you could put out the absolute most garbage single, and they're going to spin it every fucking 30 minutes for you if you're paying them enough. So over there, they can get away with, and you, met, you brought this up too before, they can just go over there and get away with any atrocity that they want. They can experiment on people. It doesn't matter if it's humans or bats. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They're at the same level. It's it's bio, It's what we talked about in our last episode with the biological thinking. the The biologic thinking is is that you're just a, a series of processes, and that's all that you are. There's no soul in there. There's no. You don't have any inherent human rights. Like you're just a, a system that their system is just allowed to play with because of their position in the world. Well, you're just a clump of cells. And if they, I mean, you, you look at yeah, the battle just with abortion right now. Yep. I mean, I'm yep. shocked that we're not at a point where it's, um, you can abort somebody until they're 40. Well, what? Yeah, yeah. In I China, mean, they just shoot them in the fucking head <laughs> and then harvest their Ralph organs. Ralph Northam would probably be about it. 
You know, he'd, he'd be about that. It was just like, well, you know, the, the baby is, is 40 years old, but we'll just we'll talk to the doctor and figure out if uh, we just want to put a pillow over its face or not. You know, those sons of bitches. Well, you know, in the giver, the in the giver what they do is they desensitize oh. these people where they, they put the babies to sleep. Right. And they don't even understand oh. that they're killing children. Like, that's how disconnected they oh. become. That's why that movie is so relevant right now. Um, you know, in, in the world that we live in, because that's what they've done is they've completely desensitized people. They took anything that brought people joy. You don't own anything. Right. And they tell them that they're happy. There's no such thing as music. There's no color. There's no anything. Everything just becomes completely neutral. You're, you know, you're designated for what you're going to do for your career. When you're a young person, you have no autonomy. There's no creativity. None of that exists. And, and that's certainly the direction that we're going in right now. Um, for sure. So, uh, I mean, you talk about late term abortions, it, you know, they can cut a baby's spinal cord with scissors, uh, you know, it, it, a day before they're due and then sell their head to the Obama administration for five hundred dollars. A pop, a pop ski, right? Half a dozen baby heads. Yeah, that, that's totally normal. We should all be OK with that. It's fucking pure insanity. It's I mean, oh, I was watching a um, oh, man. When you're I wish stock I knew what his name was. Baby heads. So it was a gentleman. Like, imagine getting um, a business card you know, made. That was in the political, <laughs> uh, you know, arena, and he was an African American man, and he was talking about abortion specifically and the family unit, right, and the battle against family unit for black families, and how seventy to eighty percent of uh, black children, the father is not part of the family unit, and doesn't live in the house, and then he rolls into the abortion topic. And he made a statement that, you know, I knew how bad it was, but sometimes you don't even know until you know. And he made the statement that they have killed 40% of the black population since the 1980s. He said, you have killed 40% of my people. And I sat there and because I know in New York city, more African-American babies are aborted than are born. Right. Which is, is terrifying. That when he said that, you know, they these are the people that have exterminated. That's the word he used. They've exterminated 40% of my people. Wake up. Jason Whitlock. Is it- yeah, Jason Whitlock talked about that the other night on Tucker Carlson. And uh, Jason Whitlock just recently uh, signed up with the Blaze. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a Blaze contributor now. And um, they're, they're starting to really feature him because the, the guy isn't, he's, he's not like one of these political insiders or anything like uh, Jason Whitlock was a sports guy, but it was just enough where it was just like one of those things where you notice enough, you notice that the mag, the, the face on the magazine and the headline doesn't make fucking sense. So then you start paying attention to stuff and looking around and it's almost like putting those Roddy Piper sunglasses on you. Things start to get a little bit more clearer as to why things are happening here. And you're noticing that, Oh Yeah. If we're going to talk about institutional wealth, well, you know, we don't have a majority. We, we're, we're losing votes. <laughs> we're losing votes for our, uh, if we're going to gather together democratically to vote for change, uh, wouldn't it be helpful to have like uh, 40% of our population alive to vote for those things? Mm-hmm. To, you know, maybe to vote for have, having more rights or, you know, v- vote for some sort of reparations, maybe, you know, if you want to play it that way. Like uh, the the political power that would exist there just in that community alone of having those people present in the system, um, doing things for one another. How many more black doctors, lawyers, 
people that could contribute to our society in any way, firefighters, you know, nurses, EMTs, um, the people that are your, te- your good teachers, coaches, how many of those people have we exterminated and taken away that, that could have been here to lend to this situation now? And then when you talk about like the things like the giver, um, that, that, that should also be in, like in, in subtitle, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab's wet dream, because that, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it, it sounds like to me there in that description. Um, this is when you when you look at that, uh, that future that just doesn't have any character to it that lacks um, any type of nuance or anything that would we would experience is like those types of stimuli that gives us excitement or happiness, or just like the spice of life, the random things that happen in life that kind of make life better. When you remove all those things um, and, and you live in that uh, type of, I, I would just say demoralized state, then you are more manipulatable. I mean, you are more malleable um, because you, what, what else are you going to do with yourself? Like if, if all you are is just a clump of cells, like you said, and when it comes to reproduction, like as a woman, and, they, they, and Tucker Carlson also talked about this the other night too. He's, he's been on it this week. Um, he said that, you know, and I've, I've talked about this with other friends of mine too in the past about this subject is that, you know, I'm not a woman. I never have to go through that stuff. I'm, I'm blessed every single day that I don't have to deal with a lot of the things that uh, the women in my life have had to deal with. But, you know, w- when you look at your higher cause, like when you look at what you are at the end of life, are, were you somebody that just worked for JP Morgan? And that's kind of what he, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but just, you know, uh, it, people aren't looking at this is like, we're, we're looking at it like, okay, well, it, it could be an increase or decrease in this number, or it could be beneficial for this race and not so beneficial for that race. But when it boils down to the individual, like, and you know, this a lot better than I do that becoming a parent and being responsible for another human being in your life is probably going to be up there on the highest of most importance, you know, in who you are and what you turned out to be. And then when you start to remove that and you start to play around with what that, you you start to switch off what is more important and, and what roles that you play and the type of person that you end up being in your life. If it ends up being that career person instead, instead of that person that, that ended up procreating, well, that's going to that's going to affect your ideology too. You know, when when you're when you're wrapped up in a career and everything that's important to you has to deal with your job, you're going to act as how HR wants you to act. You're going to say the things that are politically uh, uh good for you to say. You know, you're not going to challenge certain things. So if you want to succeed, if you want to move ahead and you want to accomplish those things, if your only goal in life is that, then you are going to give yourself up to those things. Well, you, you're you going to go out and get the shot regardless the if it's bad for, for young you or women not. in China, right? So in China, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the marriage rate and the birth of children rate is declining at an incredibly rapid, rapid pace because these women are indoctrinated to be career focused and you can't be career focused if you have children. So they're pushing people away yeah. from that. They also have the one child policy there and forced abortions there too. And and there's a reason for that. And it's not because of overpopulation. It's to direct them to exactly what you just said. 
I mean, folks, all the stuff that we talk about, I, I'm telling you, the reason we have these conversations is because we're witnessing these things happen in other places already. This isn't a guessing game anymore. We're not sitting here going, gosh, what if this was because they want to do this? We don't have to. There's no need for speculation. We can look at Australia. We can look at China. We can look at Europe. We can look at Israel. We can look at Africa. We can look at Venezuela. We can look at Cuba. We can look at, you know, basically there's an example of these things everywhere already. And, you know, that's what leads us to have these conversations and to put up that giant fucking red alert saying, watch out. This is where we're going. Right. That we're, that this isn't man. Well, what, what if the, you know, you talk about the social credit system. It already exists in China. I mean, fuck, watch Black Mirror. Right. So I'm going to add that to your watching lists. They live with Roddy Piper, the giver and watch every damn Black Mirror episode. Because to me, what was so fucking terrifying about watching Black Mirror where I'm sitting there staring at the ceiling at night is the vast majority, if not every damn thing on there is a direction that we're going into already. So when you talk about the social credit score and the girl that couldn't go to her friend's wedding because she didn't have a high enough score, couldn't even get into a cab, we're moving there. That's where we're going right now. So we've seen it already. This isn't a new story. When you look at it, right? If you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, look around you, pay attention to that stuff, dig in, research it, see it, talk about it, because it's already happening. All this shit's happening already. Well, there was a lot of talk about infrastructure this week. And I was I was thinking about the social credit system that you brought up there and how it's implemented in China, and then seeing the same exact technology. Uh, which is, you know, it, in, in order to operate a, like a security state and in this, this technocratic of a way, um, the reason why they need 5G in place is because it's not for you to get faster downloads or uploads on your phone. It's for them to be able to contact every point, every node so much faster and move a wealth of information that that much faster. And when you have that little QR code on your phone in China and your social credit score is too low that yes, you can't get on the train to go to work and your family fucking starves. Or they can make your digital wand, your digital money expire. Oh, so you just don't have any good boy credits anymore. Um, I forget the name of the, uh, it's going to kill me, but there's, there's a new channel on YouTube that, I, that just does these incredible uh, animated videos. And Luke Gronkowski from We Are Change featured them uh, this week. But definitely check them out uh, it, it, after checking out his channel, too. Uh, I'll have to link that in the in the source notes or something. And we're going to do because um, I we're going to do so a podcast on the um, not just social credit score but financial situation in the move towards digital oh, yeah. currency um, because that yeah. is something that rapidly every single day we're seeing that direction and there is a direct correlation there. Oh yeah, I mean if if you look at what uh, the direction that Janet Yellen or Fairchild Powell would would put us in, yeah, that that entire idea of just taking your paper dollar away from you, your ability to uh, trade with other people on a voluntary basis. And as you know, Bill de Blasio famously said, the voluntary phase is, has ended. That's, that's something pretty bold for a guy with a daughter to say, right? Well, so here's what's even <laughs> what worse. If somebody, and, what um, if somebody you know, told her to that on the subway? 
But the woman um, that just uh, she just got elected or or put into the role to oversee the private banking sector. She uh, was born in, I believe, Moscow and was educated there and also has won Lenin Awards and has bragged about how amazing Lenin was as a leader. So that's who is now overseeing our banking system. Yeah, pushing this equity bullshit. Equity is just centralized planning, deciding who they want to give your fucking money to. That's what equity yeah, and is. And Yellen said she's an extremist. <laughs> she said that lady pushes it. That's I think that's a bit much. I mean, that's wow. like <laughs> that's like Fauci. That's like Lord Fauci saying, "Well, that guy's really pushing the vaccines hard." That's what that is. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. So um, you'd made a comment earlier about Cuomo getting pegged. <laughs> so one of the other points I want to talk about yeah. is when we talk about. You know, the um, the tentacles of the Hydra and where they go. That's, um, you know, the Cuomo's. So Andrew Cuomo, which, you know, the, the, that whole shitbag family. So Fauci is a really good friend of their father. And when Cuomo says that he got COVID, um, Fauci mentions that he has known the Cuomo since they were children. So when we talk about influence here, there's no such thing as a coincidence, right? Cuomo is the same guy that puts out the blanket do not resuscitate order for people in the hospital, right? And that would have been from March to mid-April, which means if anybody went under, if anybody's oxygen levels or heart rate dropped, they were not treated. They were killed, right? So on this, we're talking about crimes against humanity at this point. Um, You know, we're talking about the damn COVID holocaust, right? So when you look at it, that combination of the blanket do not resuscitate order and then also them putting the the COVID positive patients back into assisted living facilities, which was the highest risk demographic there, it all comes together. The puzzle all comes together as far as his influence that he has, the ventilator issue, right? When When you look at a ventilator, you don't just go on a ventilator, you are drugged highly six to seven drugs in a cocktail, right? Because you can't just have a pipe down your throat. That's not comfortable. So you're on painkillers, um, all those things. So when you look at that too, the influence, the guy that's telling you do this and, and this is for your health and your own good is complicit in all this, complicit in the death to spike the death rates. And, you know, the other last thing that I wanted to cover too, um, before we wrap up here is, um, is who Lord Fauci's wife is. Lord and Lady Fauci, Lady Fauci's name is Christine Grady, and I want to talk about what she does for a living. She is the chief of the Department of Bioethics of the National Institute of Health, and she heads the section on human subject research. This is Fauci's wife, guys. Go find the information, right? Don't take my word for it. So here's who she is. She's the person that makes decisions on what's ethical to do to human subjects. We've talked about the Nuremberg Code. Being that Fauci's wife is the person that heads the department that decides what's ethical to do with human subjects is the fucking fox in the hen house, everybody. No coincidences. None. They've been married since 86, by the way, and he got his job in uh, 84. So this isn't a, a new fling or a new marriage that he has. How do we miss that one? How is that not important when they're up there grilling Fauci? This is a ball of snakes. It's like one of those big snake orgy balls of just <laughs> conflicts of interest. I mean, I, I, I would want people sometime this week, just look up a basic ass definition of conflict of interest, right? 
and then just look up how the CDC and the FDA get their funding and then compare it to that description. You compare it to that uh, definition. If they, if they don't go on and shadow edit <laughs> the definition right now as we speak in real time, you know, which they can do, you know, it's just like if Maisie Arono says something, um, they can go on and just change it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that, that is, that is a derogatory thing that, that people think, uh, because she said it, it's not, 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 you know, colloquial at all, but we'll just make it so because that's our political side. But, uh, that, that's a whole other topic too that we could get into, but yeah, get, getting back to Lord and Savior well, Fauci. No, what it is when you look at that relationship, mm. That relationship is fucking deliverance mixed with wrong turn. I mean, it is a bunch of incestual fucking murderous hillbillies in the mountains of West Virginia. No disrespect to the mountains of West Virginia. If you live there, we love you and we love wild and wonderful West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're beautiful down there. I I think um, the, the, the idea of taking a man and putting him in control... It reminds me of that good old Megadeth song. You know, when you take a mortal man, you put him in control, watch him become a god, and soon the heads will roll. And that's what you have with Lord Fauci. I I watched a little interview that he did from a few years back before this pandemic started. Well, yeah, there is part of that, too. There is definitely part of that. But, like, he, he said some pretty rational things about health. Some guy asked him, you know, should I wear a doctor's mask everywhere? He's like, no, you don't need that. Just take care of yourself. Like something that, you know, Joe Rogan would get shit for on his podcast. Um, And, you know, the Spotify employees would threaten to to walk off the job if he said it. But this is what Dr. Fauci would say a couple of years ago. Now, granted, you know, things do change. Uh, Like whenever the WHO told us that it was fomites that we're spreading the virus. And then it turns out, oh no, it's aerosols, which blows up the entire masking argument. They're going to stay um, on a cardboard surface for seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that kind of bullshit. So, and, and that's why, but you still, you look all around you now in your world. And most people I think uh, are still in this world, unless you're, unless you're in one of the better States uh, <laughs> or maybe you have a beautiful West Virginia where they just, you know, in certain areas where they don't seem to give a shit because they're doing things right down there. Well, Mansion gives a shit. And, but you're, uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> that's a whole nother deal. But so if you're looking around your world and you're still seeing people wearing masks around you and you know that they don't work and then you go up to pay for something at your local Target or whatever and they're behind a plexiglass shield that you know that doesn't work. In fact, makes probably makes things worse because it traps all the aerosols inside the little box that they created for them there. And then you're you're you're, you're turning on your news, and then you're seeing that you know the vaccines uh, are waning, so you have to go get your booster shots. And then you flip over to the other channel, and you see something like you know Dr. Fauci being interviewed, and they're asking him like, "Hey, what is herd immunity?" And he's like, "You know what?" I really don't know. Like he couldn't even go on his fucking phone and just Google it. Uh, just give us an a rough estimate. Nothing. <laughs> like how? How are you the expert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the house, something that could be a, a cursory internet search. I said Google search, but fuck it. You know, it could be anything. <laughs> you, you could use DuckDuckGo if you want. I use Brave. I think Brave is pretty nice. But no matter what you're using there to look it up, it could it could be with the Bing is still around, isn't it? 
<laughs> or something like that. Bing was fucking yeah. garbage. Yeah, that, that shit was the yeah, worst. That, but it's around. Yahoo's still there. Web is web crawler still there? <laughs> you know, like whatever you're using, AOL, you know, the dial up the shoe phone, whatever it is, uh, you could probably find out what was the gauge for herd immunity before and be able to give somebody a somewhat straight answer. It, it wouldn't take long. This guy has been working in government doing this job, being responsible for this kind of shit for 37 years, and he can't answer that fucking question. Like, how, how can you go that long in that job? Pretend, like telling people for years, uh, eerily, that something was going to happen like this, and then not know what it would take to, to sort of end it all, to, to make it stop. Isn't that his job? Isn't that the whole thing? Isn't that why we do everything is to, we're, we're supposed to be preventing transmission of something, um, or we're, we're supposed to be reaching a certain level of herd immunity. There's nothing. He never demonstrates anything. Um, there, there was, there was a, a brilliant YouTube channel, and I think the guy quit because, I mean, it's YouTube. It, it's kind of rough, uh, you know, trying to continue to have cogent arguments on YouTube these days. But it was called Counter Arguments, and he did one about politics, and he used uh, snippets of a show, uh, Cheers, which is you know used to be pretty popular when I was coming up, but you know it's kind of dated now, maybe. But th- they pointed out that a politician came into this uh, to this bar where, where the show takes place, and Kelsey Grammer, the who's one of the uh, actors in the show, has this interaction with the politician, and he keeps saying to the rest of the group in there that's all being wooed by this politician who's like really slick talking and like getting them, getting them pumped up and doing things, you know, kind of like your Lindsey Graham. <laughs> and then he's just like, but he never, he didn't say anything. Like he didn't really, like he never really demonstrates anything, Lord Fauci. Like he, he just says, he, he like repeats the part of the line that they feed him when they give him the question typically in the media you know, they'll throw them, they'll give them leading questions. So, you know, they'll set it up like, well, Dr. Fauci, you know, doesn't it seem like these college football games, doesn't it seem all, like, like all these people are fat pieces of shit, you know, that just, you know, they, they should be left outside of the hospital to die and they shouldn't be allowed on an airplane ever. Doesn't that excite you? And he's like, yeah, you know what? It does excite me. I do like the idea of fat pieces of shit just dying in, you know, in the driveway of the hospital and, not being able to fly anywhere and all that stuff. You know, that really does get me hard. I love that. You know, like they, they feed him the answer, mm-hmm. but then they never really ask him anything where he has to demonstrate like, okay, so we've, we've had this many people contract COVID. That means that we should have X amount of percentage of, of, of somewhat natural immunity within the population. So that coupled with the other immunity that's supposedly be given, being given to us from this shot haven't we reached that that number yet? Because, I mean, CNN themselves even came out with something that with combined immunity from natural immunity and that given by the shot, that we should be at around like 80%. Okay, well, so call off the fucking dogs and then just let's get back to normal life then. You know, open up the water parks and let's roll. Yeah. Let's get this bitch uh, because, back. Because, I mean, you know, one into, thing into always business. remember is when you, control the, when you control the narrative, you control the people when you control the conversation and you, you know what I'm so fucking sick of hearing? I'm sick of hearing breakthrough cases. They're not fucking big breakthrough cases. 
you lied. You all fucking lied. You can still get COVID and you spread COVID at a higher rate if you have the damn vaccination. And look, at the end of the day, guys, we're not saying that your great grandma that's 95 years old and has COPD may not benefit from that. Not saying that, but in general, all the other bullshit that we're being fed and the amount of control and compliance and authoritarianism, Arianism, all of that shit. Stop listening to it. Breakthrough case, 95% vaccination at Harvard and you had to close it down because of cases. That's not a fucking breakthrough case. Just say the truth. You can't even once. travel to Israel. You can't even go to Israel. They are the most vaccinated fucking country mm-hmm. in the planet. You can't go there. Mm-hmm. It, you're locked out. They're not. They're banned. They're not even allowed to travel. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know who's probably doing better? I bet you. And, and you know, I, I can't necessarily call one up and ask them, <laughs> but I, be, I bet you that the Palestinians are probably doing a little bit better in their numbers. Because they locked them out. They were already the second class citizens there. That's right. You know, we don't want to get into that all. We have to we have to defend this side or that side. But like if you look at it over there, like, yep, it's obvious that the Palestinians aren't doing as good as the Israelis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so absolutely. But if 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 they're not giving them the shot for free and the Palestinian numbers are doing relatively good. And you could liken it to that, uh, just not another religious group here in the Americas. How the fuck are the Amish doing right oh, now? They're probably killing it. They're fucking living their best life. You know why? They yeah. don't have TVs. <laughs> That's why. They don't care. <laughs> they're out there churning butter like, who's dying a what? Yeah, they're like, a what? A, oh, why are you, you mean that fucking masks? cold that Jebediah had last week? Yeah, we just, we hit him with a fucking broom. He's fine now. So here's what's <laughs> you funny. Know, like, you know, it's just, really funny you say that. <laughs> So when I was home, okay, and in home is the northeastern United States, not where I currently live, but that's home. So when I was home, when we were on lockdown last year, um, myself and one of our mutual friends, we went to Ohio. And there is a giant Amish uh, and or Mennonite marketplace there. Like you walk in and there's booths and I bought a fucking super sweet leather cowboy hat. I don't know why, because it was there and it was made in America. And this Amish lady, you're going like, to need it eventually. Nice and I'm yeah. like, fucking sold. I'll take it. <laughs> like, how do I pay when for the this, shit right? hits the fan? So put here's on the what's hat. interesting. Okay. <laughs> Cause this really stuck out to me. This is the height of the lockdowns and pandemic. When we went in there, not a single one of the Amish people working in that facility. And it was a giant fucking market was wearing a mask. None of them. Zero. Nobody has heard about the explosion of COVID deaths in the Amish community, just like we haven't heard about the explosion of deaths in the homeless community. Uh, you know, it's 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 like, I read a meme um, that it's fucked up, but it was funny. It was like, oh man, I saw a bunch of homeless people giving each other vaccinations in the park the other day. <laughs> like, so you think yeah. about the fact that compromised immune systems These people don't eat healthy, uh, if at all. Most of them abuse either alcohol or drugs, unfortunately. So when you talk about compromised immune systems, I would say that the most likely candidates to fall ill, if any of this shit is true, which at this point, there's so much substantiating evidence says it's not, that we would have seen massive deaths in homelessness. Hell, California has the worst homeless percentage in the whole entire country. Why was there not massive deaths there? Because it's bullshit, guys. So I'm going to say this, and this is how I'm going to end. 
Fauci is not God. His word is sure as hell not the gospel. Do your own research. Have the conversations. Everybody, what matters more than anything when it comes to illness is focusing on your own metabolic health. Guys, if you're a fat ass, get the fuck outside. Get some sunshine, even if it's just walking for 10 minutes or 20 minutes a day. Instead of eating that McDonald's garbage fucking food, have a steak and some fucking broccoli. Work on your health. Take a multivitamin because that's what wards off illness of all types. And obviously, guys, there's exceptions. I'm not a doctor. I don't mean to sound ignorant. You know, is it going to ward off cancer? Probably not. Right. If it's there and it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, when it comes to colds and flus and, you know, respiratory infections and your normal shit that happens to you, be healthy. Focus on your health. This isn't about a jab. It isn't about a drug. It's about your general overall metabolic health. And that's what nobody wants to talk about. We want to talk about what we think is a resolution and this is a resolve and this is what you need to do. No, be fucking healthy. Get out there and work out. Do some exercise, man. Do a yoga video. You fucking YouTube and you know you can see a video on any type of exercise you can possibly imagine. So if you're not proactively doing that and you're the one telling other people they should get vaccinated, one, you're a fucking asshole and you're a hypocrite because you're not working on your own shit. Focus on that piece of it. Have a Don't pick your family up fucking McDonald's when you're heading home from work. Cook them food. If not, get it from the meal prep company, right? Guys, it's out there. The resources are there. That's what we need to focus on more than anything to ward all of this bullshit off. So one, focus on your own health. Don't believe shit you hear. Do your own damn research. And the next piece is one that we talk about every damn time we have these conversations, which is guys talk to each other. Educate yourself, have conversations with people, don't be combative, don't be aggressive, be objective, right? It's a lot easier to to sway somebody's opinion by influencing it to become their own opinion, not forcing your own will or opinion on somebody else. Talk to the people around me. They they care about around you. They care about their families, they care about themselves, their own health. You know, a lot of people don't know how to be healthy. They don't know how to eat right. They don't know how the first thing to do with exercising. They think they have to go to the fucking gym. I mean, you look at the percentile of people that go with their New Year's resolution, right? And they drop off by February and don't ever go back because they get there and maybe they overdo it. And they're, you know, you think about people that started working out and they're, they're, I'm so sore. Well, you're doing it wrong if you're so fucking sore. You ease your way into it and you allow that to be sustainable, just like having, you know, healthy dietary, you know, function. So eat the right way, ease into it, have a slice of pizza a couple days a week. That's okay. But in general, focus on that, focus on that, do the right thing by yourself and the people around you that you love. Tell the people that you love them. Guys, watch the giver, watch, they live, watch black mirror. We're not trying to scare the shit out of you. Well, maybe just a little bit, maybe just a little poop, (laughs) right? Because you you Mm -hmm. need to see those things to understand the direction they're pushing us in. Right. And it is your responsibility to do this and have these conversations. Um, super grateful for those of you that are coming back. Please share this with friends and family if you think they'll like it. Uh, obviously, you know, this one, we went a little bit more wild. And, you know, one of the things that number six and I talked about is, man, let's just do one of these the way we really talk to each other. Right. Because that's what's relatable. And, and you know, we want you to know that everything that we cover with you is from the heart. There's no benefit to us doing this. Right. We just want to share this with other people that maybe you don't have somebody in your life that's so honest and abrupt. So we want to be that people, you know, those people, we want to be part of your family. We want to be your friends. Um, we love all of you guys. And when it comes down to all of these things and, and the responsibility that you had, um, you know, it, it, as I say, if not you, who, and if not now, when, 
So I love all of you. I really appreciate everybody coming on. Um, again, share it, like it, subscribe it. Uh, you know, that's the only reason we do this, guys, is it's for you. It's for the people that you love. And, you know, if you don't necessarily know how to relay this information to somebody, how to deliver this information, let us do it for you. That's the point of the whole entire program. So, you know, thank you again, everybody coming on, spending some time. Um, you know, I love you. Tell the people that you love uh, that you love them. Don't ever forget, because you never know when you may not have the chance to do that again. So uh, really grateful for everybody and grateful for everybody's time. And, and just get out there and fucking crush life, man. Uh, go tear some shit up. Go start working out. Go do the right thing. Set an example for the people around you, right? Because if you're the guy that did start working out and is eating the right way and some people around you get COVID or get sick and you're the exception, right? There's a reason for that. And when they go, gosh, I can't believe you didn't get sick. Well, yeah, I've just personally been really focusing on getting sunshine. I'm taking some vitamin D supplements. I'm taking a multivitamin. I'm just trying to be healthier in general. So, um, you know, that's what I have to share for you. Guys, I hope you all love the conversation. I certainly love having it and sharing it with with you. So I'm going to turn it back over to number, number six and, um, and thank you, sir, for the conversation as always. I, I love you and your family, my friend. Love you too, brother and your family. Yeah. I would say, uh, to wrap this up about Lord Fauci, <laughs> our anti-savior, um, is that when you, when you find a figure like this, Napoleonic Fauci, this little, this little devil, this little imp, um, this gatekeeper, Standing in the way between you and your destiny, which is to live your life as a free being. The confidence that you could gain from taking better care of yourself, from working out, from eating right, and teaching other people like your family members and your friends how to do the same for themselves. When you can physically manifest that change from not just something that you wanted to do or dreamt to do, but then turn it into something that you did. That confidence is something that you can stand up and to, to quote the great Jordan Peterson, you can stand up straight with your shoulders back and you can tell motherfuckers like Anthony Fauci to go fist themselves. It's so much easier when you have the confidence that you know that you did your research, that you read some studies that you shared some things and talked to some people, that you read some books, that you watched some documentaries, and you learned about how you wanted to approach this, about how you wanted to take better care of yourself during this time. And I think that all the people that did that preparation, all the people that listen to podcasts, hopefully like ours and many others that are out there, that all of this wasn't for naught. Because you can train all you want to. You can take in as much information as humanly possible. And there's a lot of it to take in nowadays. There's plenty of different outlets out there uh, for stuff like this. But really, it's about what you end up doing with it. So we want you to do it peacefully. We want you to do it with love in mind for yourself and your fellow man. But we want you to do it because we all need to get out of this village. We all need to get the fuck off this island. And if Dr. Fauci is the, the man that's going to stand in your way from getting on that lifeboat to get out of all of this, I want you to be able to be strong enough to push that little son of a bitch into the ocean. But uh, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, until we meet again, 
and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topic on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us. Please feel free to share your own sources with us and to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. And if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming show, please email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Tell us what topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can choose to appear anonymously if you like. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.